We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack's Ramsey's Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague. Uh, planned on doing a show tonight, but then I didn't feel good, and then the players just went and made a hire, and Brandon was like, hey, you want to do this? And I was like, oh, sure, why not? Because we don't get uh, we don't get stuff like this this time of year, so it's nice to have a nice little 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 tidbit to, to hit on, a little catfish on the line, so to speak. Uh, but yeah. first of all, well, go ahead, Brandon. Uh, I was just going to say, it's it's almost, Daniel, like we have somebody competent running a front office right now. It's crazy. <laughs> I was going to save the shot and fruit for like minute two, but let's, I mean, that, that's, that's perfect. Uh, the other side of this is, uh, number one, we appreciate you all being here. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show if you're watching on the live feed or you're watching the replay. Please click subscribe. Click the bell if you want. Uh, be reminded of whenever the show goes live, like on occasions like this where we do kind of impromptu live shows. Uh, other than that, man... Um, Good news. Universally lauded news. Let's make sure we get line by line exactly what we wanted to hit on here because I had my Woj tweet up and I clicked on one thing and now I'm all over the place. Let me pull it back up now. Kind of weird to not, I know Woj gets ahead of stuff and, and, and whatever, but like it's kind of odd to not have the email. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a little little weird. Uh, well, number one, I think the Blazers haven't made this official, so it hasn't cleared the league yet. So uh, Adrian Wojnarowski just a little bit ago, 535. So actually... Two hours ago on the dot. ESPN's NBA draft analyst Mike Schmitz is finalizing a deal to become an assistant GM with the Portland Trailblazers. Sources tell ESPN Schmitz will play a significant role with new GM Joe Cronin leading the Blazers' domestic and, we'll hit on this a little bit, international scouting departments. Brandon, what say you? Uh, I was excited. You actually broke this news to me. I, um, I was walking my dog and I saw your text and it said, great move. And I, I was like, I just left the house. That game sucked. I don't know what he's talking about. So I'm like, okay, I'll guess I'll open up Twitter. And because I even text you, great move, question mark. And mm -hmm. then I saw it. And my first reaction, honestly, when I saw it was like, oh, great move. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, the Blazers got something nice. Um, I, I don't know Mike personally. Uh, I think I've interviewed him once or twice on my mm -hmm. radio show. But you are not going to find a bad word uttered about this guy nope. and the work ethic and his devotion to a scouting drafts, being international, being informed on all of these prospects. It's not just about this year's draft, and we'll get into all that. To me, this is just about giving a guy who's worked his literal ass off and scouted these players for years and built up a, an empire in that world. 
it seems like a pretty good move to have somebody like that on your wing who's already plugged in with the entire international landscape of talent. The top three players in this league are all international in Giannis, Jokic, um, I know jo- Embiid. Like, you got, you got a great league right now with international players, so why not get a guy that's well-liked in America and well-connected throughout the world? Yeah, and for those that don't know, Mike Smith, he's only 32 years old. He has been grinding all his life. Shout out, Nipsey. Um, but he came from Draft Express, and before that, he was a blog boy. I believe it was Valley of the Suns, but he covered the Phoenix Suns as a kid. Uh, and he has been, to put it strictly, grinding his ass off for over a decade. Um, what you will see from other media members and people who know him and people who are around him, they will all say the same thing. He is a grinder. He works and he works and he works and he works. And what you see on TV is just a shade of it. But I I find it interesting because I've seen some people be critical of him recently because he's just always super positive. But, like, he's got agency connections. He's got team connections. He's not going to go out there and crap on a kid. Honestly, I like the fact that – think about this, Brandon. The Blazers hired somebody Mm -hmm. who's universally liked – and well-respected. Oh, and very good at the job. And for those that didn't know, the Blazers had one, one international scout before this. Yeah. Mike Smith is one of, if not the most plugged-in scout in the world. I think that was one of the one of the bigger takeaways, I think, post-Neal, was finding that information out, that their scouting department for international talent was uh, basically non-existent. non-existent. And, I, again, I, <laughs> I don't know how that's, how do you how do you function without that in this in this era? How do you function without having any international guys? I I was dumbfounded by that move. Like I can think what I think about Neil's acquisitions. That one is truly just confusing as all hell because it, that doesn't make any sense in this day and age of, of NBA basketball. So, you know, it's it's important to get that and then I, I just want to add real quick, you know, you said that he gets a little flack for for being a little too positive. You know, I, I also hate to say this because you're not wrong. Like, you got relationships. You're not trying to sour them. You're mm. well-liked. There's another element of this, too. It's it's not like everybody wants to trash people all the time. Like, some people no. make their brands doing that, and, you know, some people are appreciated for doing that. Other people just love sports, mm. and, like, maybe they like a player more than another player, but, like, they don't need to trash. You need to knock someone down to build somebody else back up. You sure don't. And so I know that's kind of what today's – national media landscape kind of feels like sometimes but there are a lot of people that don't want to kind of roll that way i i, I just wanted to put that out there not to say it's a bad thing or good thing it's just something i've seen recently uh schmitz is a guy who has um well, well you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this little gem in there because i tweeted it out uh let me pull it back up here we go from september 27th 2017 Interested to see what happens with current and future Louisville and NBA prospects for 2018 pledge Anthony Simons, who has star potential. Mm. One of us. One of us. One of us. Oh, that's what you meant by that. I was, I was kind of confused by that. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's, that's a nice evaluation to hear, and you hope that it continues to come to fruition. I'll tell you that much right now. He, uh, you can also pull up his evaluation of Damian Lillard who he was very high on coming out. I want the random. I want a random evaluation of random player that ended up being pretty good for Portland. Because, like, Dame, 
Wasn't Dame pretty? Am I wrong? Dame was pretty universally loved, right? When universally he came in. loved, but it was the fact that it was the Weber State stuff, small school, big sky, all that kind of thing. Sure, I remember that. Forget the fact that he led the nation in scoring was the most effective right. pick and roll score maybe in college basketball history, but <laughs> right. But still, it was still ah, you know, Weber State. But I, I, I'm 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 gassing up Mike Smith right now. I am excited about this move because it has been a long time since the Blazers have made a move that was just universally lauded that, that you look at it and go good shit that's that's a good move there's there's no way you slice this and go ah eh, eh, you know it's whatever it's a what's, good move. what's what's the last one for you because i know easily what the last one for me is and i think it speaks to the current or i think it's firing it speaks, meal uh well that was kind of pressed on him I'm, I'm talking like legitimately made a move within the organization and made you go like and, and the non-player perspective and made you go oh that's a good move because i this is easy for me it their last one for me was the hiring of lamar Hurd. oh yeah no that's perfect like i was like holy yes thank lamar you. and neil everett there you go neil everett whatever but like yeah, lamar's but like, you know full time and yeah. like that's the last one for me i was like this is awesome that's a really good move yeah and that's the thing is like somebody somebody in the tweets is like I don't know, man. The media is just kind of gassing this up a little too much. I'm a little bit cynical about it. It's like, listen, man, I, I understand that probably more than most people. <laughs> sure. But, Brandon, we'll peel back a little media curtain here. Does everybody in the media love everybody and want to see everybody succeed? Uh, sadly, no. <laughs> not even remotely close. <laughs> more often than not, people want what you have and then some. Yes. Um, so for yes. people to just come out and... and, and all of support, all of this support for Mike Schmitz, it kind of lets you know what kind of person he is. Maybe not, doesn't let you know about what he is as far as uh, the, the content or the work side. But if you have, if you don't know, go back and look at the old Draft Express stuff. It's, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Here's where I, I kind of get into, into the basketball side of things. I saw most people ask me or say something along the lines of Brandon, well, the Blazers are definitely using that number seven pick now. What? Yeah. I don't think that indicates any decision and like, yeah, I, the, the, those Venn diagram circles, they aren't, yeah, they, they don't aren't connect. crossing. No. Just cause, just because of the guy, and look, I get it. He made his bones on the draft. You do not, you do not make this move just on this pick. No. Like it's a seventh pick. It's a good pick. If they keep it, I've told you before, I'm not going to be that upset. Um, you don't make this move for that reason. Like, guess i can understand the tie with the draft thing but like i that wasn't my thought at all yeah when i look at this right now number one we, we didn't touch on this yet uh mike smith will not be joining the team until after the draft now probably part of that is um nba the espn's nba draft coverage but the other part of that is to at least say yeah no all that proprietary information that he has regarding every other team and maybe potential draft proposals were at least like Make it look like he's not funneling all the intel to his new employer. Bur burner phones exist, Danny. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, don't give a damn if he did. No, I'd listen, be happy about it. Listen, I have said from the jump, cheat your ass off. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, brother. Tamper away, Joe. Oh, Tamper man. away. <laughs> they don't even think it's cheating in that industry. They think this is just competition. Yeah. And this is what it is, you know? So on that side of things, now, what does it mean for the Blazers going forward? 
it means they're they're building a stable. And we've talked about this. They they only have they only had one international scout before this. Mike Schmitz is a guy who he, he travels abroad. Like he goes he, yeah. both locally. He's as plugged into the AAU, EYBL, ABCD, all of the camps, all of the leagues, um, both uh, national and international. Like for he, sure, he's he's that guy. Bringing that network number one away from ESPN and other teams because mm-hmm. other teams go to him for that information. That's an information exchange. You are now basically putting a paywall. Yep. around Mike Schmitz, and it's yep. not ESPN's. It's yours. It is a very, very brilliant business decision from both a denial of content to other teams and improving your own stock and standing. Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm... You don't need to convince me, brother. I think it's a good move. Like, honestly... Well, I'm just kind of laying this out for everybody else more than anything. No, for sure. And, and I do think... I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm misreading it. It kind of feels like this is a pretty universally liked move. Now... You're never going to be 100% on something, right? And I, I guess I understand the skepticism, the reports of the ownership situation that just came out, like where this whole situation lies, where you trade the pick, where you keep the pick. But, I mean, you, you, I just don't believe work ethic-wise you create the kind of relationships and put forth the kind of content and work that he did for that long to end up at ESPN nationally uh, all over their draft coverage and not know what the hell you're doing. Right. Like I know there's kind of this influx of should we hire the TV guy like Chauncey gets that gig last year. Right. Mm-hmm. Like people kick this uh, idea around and you know, like Lewis Riddick in football for ESPN is trying to be a GM. Mike Mayock. T- Mike Mayock. And that didn't you know, they didn't go out for him very well. But like it, it, John Lynch has been to what, two or three NFC championship mm-hmm. games like you got guys that can transition from media to doing that gig. And I, I'm just going to trust Joe and. Also, just trust the work I've seen Mike put in over a decade uh, doing that draft website. And here's the thing, and I, I'm glad you brought that up, because if you want to talk about somebody like Seth Partnow, who we've had on the show, who was the Bucks director of, of analytics, yeah. or John Hollinger, who was another nerd. Let's be Creator honest. of uh, Purr, right? Yeah, who went into the Memphis Grizzlies front office and uh, loves talking about uh, Dylan Brooks and Marshawn Brooks. Getting those two mixed up about which one was being traded. Yeah. Um, and how they they're both win for a couple of years and then they were out. But I would say the difference for those that would question this, as far as that transition media to, to NBA, Mike Schmitz is not really viewed as media. He's viewed more as one of their own because he's on those circuits, because he's doing the grind. He's not just out there. Number one, he's not, he's not a nerd, you know, air quotes, nerd. Um, he's a draft nerd. That's yeah, it. That, exactly. Yeah. But that's different because of, that's that's a lot more. Even though there's analytics involved in it, it's he's a lot not more a, feel a strictly and numbers eye guy. test. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. I think that even he's now, not a Ben Falk. <laughs> exactly, and yeah. it's exactly even if he uses proprietary second spectrum data and all that kind of stuff that he's not talking about. Right. He, if you're talking about in, in terms of like Twitter, um, Twitter groupings, he's a hooper. Yeah, he's like he's he epitomizes that, and I think even though he is obviously very well versed in both sides of this he comes apart or comes across as one of their own and i think that allows him to to live in this world and and, and move in this world a lot differently than somebody who was primarily a media guy right and i think no, that's going to be a little a little bit different 
If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yep. Uh, Crypto AKK says he's a John Clayton. That's a really good connotation as far as like, even though he's a media guy full time, really, really oh, well liked. Oh. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah, well yeah. respected, John able, to, able yeah. to move in that room with anybody. Yes, I don't know if. Well, here's the thing too. It, it's it's similar and it's still different. And I don't know if John Clayton, front office wise, would have made sense. Because no, what Mike did. See, this is the part that I think makes me feel uh, different about it than a normal like. Oh, we hired an ESPN guy. Like Mike actually did the work. That got turned same, into content. He basically did the work the way general managers do the work. He, yeah. he, he took, he went to international trips. He went to all the camps. He talked to the coaches. All the agents. He talked to their friends. Yep. All the agents. He wrote down and tracked all the information. Like in a roundabout way, he was kind of practicing being this, right? Like I don't, I didn't know he was going to do it. But if you think about the way the draft process works, yes, he doesn't get to go to all the personal workouts and see that part of it but like he's talking to those people that were at him so i don't know that's kind of what makes me feel good about this is that dude went from the ground to the ceiling practicing this position and he's an international guy too and that's huge because again this organization didn't exist on that level which is just incredible to think about considering prior to neil olshay the international players that they drafted it, it really is one of got to be the top seven or eight most egregious things he did that we didn't I mean that we didn't even know about to the end right I knew there was a couple scouts I did not know there was only a single international scout that's what I'm saying is I didn't know it was that bad. I thought like they I, contracted out for additional right. work and stuff like that but yeah that uh uh 
one of the guys on or watching live on Twitch says that he was just in Australia for weeks doing articles on the NBL. Yeah, he went down there and, and uh, worked with uh, and talked to Dyson Daniels for I think like a week uh, yep. before the combine. So uh, there's another question in here. I think that's kind of pertinent. It says, does this hire mean the Blazers are not going to trade their future picks after the Bulls picks convey and actually draft prospects with them? I don't think it's a guarantee, but I think having a wider knowledge base is a good place to start. Mm, I I don't I don't agree with that at all. Um, I think it's important to have a guy with the experience and expertise. My this is just a read, right? This is just mm -hmm. my two cents. It, Danny, what are they going to have more than top ten picks? Probably going to end up with more second round situations, sure. right? This is a win now for Damian Lillard as long as he is actively engaged with staying with the franchise. You're going to more be in the second round. You know, Neil hit on some second round guys, but now you've got an international dude and some of these international talents can fall right through the cracks. Sure. And who knows about international prospects better than that guy right now? Like he I'm might be think, as plugged did, in on Did it. Neil ever draft an international player? And I don't think he did. I'm just say there was one. I'll go I'll bring up their drafts. Let me look this up. Yeah, I just I started thinking about that. Like I was like, you know, did they actually draft an international player? Because Copenhagen was before before Neil, like Pritchard, Pritchard did a there couple. Um, okay, so Neil started what 2011? Yeah, 20, oh, 2011 12. He dames okay. his first pick. Um, it says here, it says on reference Marco Todorovic. He was traded, I think. Oh, yeah, you're right to Houston. Yeah, yeah, there because Withy was traded New Orleans. Yeah. Okay, uh, no, so that's what I thought. <laughs> no, he never. Yeah, he never took an international player. And listen, that doesn't exclusively mean anything, but it's certainly, when you look at the second round, it's interesting. Because of how many international players are drafted in the second round. He had 19 draft picks in his career with Portland. And not a not, single one. Not international. one international draft pick. Interesting when you think about it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how many teams are in similar spots. I would, um, I, 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 one of these days during the summer, I'm going to go through and just kind of look in that span when at, Neil yeah. was here, when it stopped, go 19 picks or whatever that timeline is for every other team and see. I'd love to see the difference. Yeah, what if they see, were the only one? <laughs> I mean, that, that would be pretty egregious. I, I, don't, I don't think that'll end up being the case, but I think we definitely a situation where it's, they're, they're going to stand out a little bit. Um, other news and notes, uh, other than Mike Schmidt, uh, the rumor mill keeps churning, and the, the names they keep landing on are the same ones we've discussed. Has anything over the last 72 hours changed for you as far as how you view things? Or mm. uh, Jake Fisher discussed, obviously, DeAndre Ayton again. Uh, I, I have heard at this point that, that Ayton, for the most part, it went from, I think I, I said 70-30 returning to Phoenix on Sunday or Monday. And I, right now I think it's flipped to 30, 70. I don't think he's back at all, almost at all now. So I just want to pass along information when I get it. Uh, I talked to a guy named Kevin Zimmerman who works down in the Phoenix area, covers mm -hmm. the Suns, he exclusively covers the Suns, uh, does a blog and podcast. We had him on, he said 70, 30, he stays. And then two weeks went by and we brought him back on and said, how would you recalibrate it? He still says 60, 40. He's like, I, I change it, but he goes, guys, I still think we're early here. I, I think cooler heads can prevail. Yes, it doesn't look good in the headlines, yada, yada, yada. But he, he basically still leans uh, that he thinks 
that they're going to keep him. Now, with that being said, sometimes in the NBA, there's a lot of smoke, and when there's smoke, there's fire. I would be very interested to see what it would take because I think it would take quite a haul for Portland. That's why, as excited as I would be about it, Danny, I've gotten into the Portland doesn't get nice things mentality, and I'm going to stay there. Yeah, no, I mean, that tracks. I mean, we, we, the, the history that's been there has been at least interesting, to say the least. I just don't uh, think their package is the best one either. Like, I think a, I think a couple other teams can offer better packages. And that's the thing. We've, we've kind of gone back and forth on this a little bit, is that it's not necessarily about which package, because DeAndre Ayton has to be willing to be signed and traded there. I feel like, and maybe I'm off on this because I don't know anything about DeAndre or his representation. Um, I feel like there's a decent amount of places he'd sign. Like, if San Antonio jumped in, I could see the excitement about playing with DeJounte, smaller market, playing with Pop. If Oklahoma City jumped in and they do the Shea, you know, Poku, uh, Chet, or whatever the hell it ends up being combination somehow, like, I don't know. But I just think there's other teams that could jump into this and have better offers than what Portland could do. And I don't know if he would – you think he'd be really choosy of where he signs? I think so. Really? I think after the the, the way things were handled in Phoenix, I think he's going to want to go to an organization that, one, has their stuff together, and number two, can be trusted. Mm. Well, I mean, who seems more trustworthy to you, the Spurs or the Blazers? As far as delivering on promises, I think they're both in the same bar. And I'd lean the team that has five rings. Sure, I, but I, I I don't think the Spurs know exactly where they sit right now. As far oh, as you, like don't, you don't think they would want him? I think they do. I think mm-hmm. they do want him, but I don't know as far as like how ready they'll be to really do a lot right now. But that's as good as like, like if I'm them, I, 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 if I'm a Spurs fan, man, like that's your way. Like, I don't know how. Sure. I mean, Deontay and De- Deontay Murray and, and DeAndre, 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 Aiden. <laughs> DeJounte and DeAndre. There we go. <laughs> Idiot. You were, uh, yeah. Combining them there. It's like, that's a good foundational building block. It's the same thing I've said when people like kind of fight against the Blazers bringing in eight. And I'm like pairing eight and Anthony Simons to the next generation is something you're against. Like, uh, mm. it's a little bit crazy. Um, you know, you know, who doesn't think DeAndre Ayton's very good. Monty Williams, but besides him, Chris Paul, Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> oh, that's right. We need to get to this. You were called out by Nurkic. Yeah, it's uh, an idiot. You're such happens. an idiot. Yeah, well, it happens. I uh, almost quote tweeted said, "Look at this idiot," and then I almost retweeted Nurk. I retweeted Nurk. <laughs> Go for it. And like, here's the thing, like. If, and then the player does the retweet thing, and then guess who always like gets the ma- the majority of the support? It's always the player, you know. It's like you tell them, Nurk, own that fraud. Yeah, Nurk, he's a moron. I hate that guy. Yeah. I saw a lot of clown emojis in there. I was like, oh, all right, cool, that's that's fine. But here's the thing, uh, I definitely respect the fact that Nurk said that as opposed to just like agreeing with it. Is he right though? I, I don't care no, about that. No, like, and I, I I replied to it. I said, "Listen, I I stand by what I said. I think it's yeah. better. I don't I don't think anybody who's really out there watching games is going to argue." But I'm glad Nurk disagrees because if he didn't, he probably wouldn't be an NBA player. I I've talked about the Jake Fisher thing on my radio show, and I, I had a majority of the support. But my co-host does did the pushback on thirty mil a year. I'm like, bro, like we are Portland, man. Like this. <laughs> This is as good as it's ever going to mother bleep and get. Yeah. You cross your fingers, you pay the money, you got to pay the premium, right? So I, I was still surprised to see people on the tech. Like, I legitimately saw people texting, Nurk would be 17 a year, and it's not really a difference. And I was just like, 
Maybe I'm taking crazy pills. Maybe I'm the one. You're not. Uh, people are a little, little high on their own supply, and that's that's fine. Um, but I mean, it, it, everything kind of bears itself out. It's just you can look at it like, well, they all, they average about the same, and it's like, yeah, one guy does it in a hyper efficient manner, and it's better, and just about every measurable safe playmaking, and is four years younger, and you know, more athletic, and able to play a different type of defense on a regular basis like it's just it is what it is but um <laughs> so way to go danny got nurk all hot listen i'm not the first it's just that's that stuff out hey that stuff he's goes. been on quite a block spree lately hey he didn't block me so that's good i mean i didn't think you were offensive i thought you kind of complimented him pretty well i did i i, I said he's a good player and I've you followed, you followed the Mike Schmitz path. Like you were just like, how can I, I be I nice don't, about yeah. this? You don't need to cut somebody else down to build somebody else up unless it's Russell Westbrook. Ah, no. Yeah, I'm a. I like Russ. I some sometimes I do kind of. I feel for it a little bit. You would. You I would. mean, the guy. The guy is. He's pretty. He well. He was, but like, man, I just. I don't know. I know he couldn't shoot, and I know sometimes he'll play you out of a game. And it was a little nerve wracking, but nobody played as hard as Russell Westbrook, man. Like that dude's played as hard as he possibly could every night. He brought it. I'll and give I know you that it was, even if I don't want to concede it. Hey, it wasn't. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I'm not telling you you gotta like the game. I'm just saying, like, if we love Kobe and Jordan because they were different, they wanted it, man. That dude wanted it as sure. bad as as any of those dudes. If by it you mean his, you meant his stats, then yes. <laughs> You really wanted that league MVP when KD <laughs> told the kids his ass. Yeah, he did. I'll show you. Win hey, 44 games. Look, look, say what you want about the man and how, how they came up short. That was a pretty boss move. Like, he got dumped and he goes, okay, fuck you. I'm going to be the league MVP. <laughs> I mean, as far as rebounds go, it's not bad, you know, especially you know, all the ones that he got that Steven Adams let him have. Um Hey, <laughs> outside of a championship, I think it's as good as you can do, right? I mean, yeah, no, it's about as good as it gets. Uh, speaking of other news and notes that aren't directly Blazers related, um, this hasn't, I don't think it's gone reported anywhere. I haven't seen it, like, get picked up by any of the aggregators or anything like that yet. But the Kings are not only looking at possibly moving back, but moving up to number two. Oh, they really like somebody. I think they like either one of those bigs. Mm. I think it's interesting because you look at Sabonis and I'm like, so they're really going to play Savas at the five, huh? Okay. Unless, of course, that they really want Chet, which, okay. Uh, and there is, there's notes out there that OKC and Sacramento may have already agreed to a deal. OKC and Sacramento switching two and four? So they don't love Chet as much as we think. That He's is- not going to be at four. He will not be at four. No. Unless, I'll tell you this, unless, no. No. But there's nobody at four that would make sense to draft for Sacramento in that slot. No. But it does sound like that they, they, they may they may be. Um, that is a weird-ass team, by the way. I don't know which what. One? Sacramento. They're both I, weird. Well, oh, like, okay, so he's weird because they've, they've punted and their fans are just like, cool, we're going to suck for eight years. They, they just like looking at like draft swings. Like, which, which freak is coming out of the lab this year? Uh, and I mean, like, like, I don't, I don't, 
I don't blame the man for leaning into the tank and the draft picks, but like, holy ass, man, you got like 85 draft picks. You're just going to keep putting on these draft picks? Listen, man, Presti's moneyball in this thing in the sense of like, he's not looking at, but he's not looking at, like, I shouldn't say moneyballing because he's pushing moneyball further. He's he's looking at either taking getting a home run or striking out. He's not, he's not looking at on-base percentage. Uh, I, yeah, man, I just, when you're a market of OKC's stature, you they, gotta lean into the young player thing and hope they love your city versus like, oh, we're gonna go get the vet. He's gonna well, love I mean, to come. Well, they've also the done that though. They've they've brought in. Yeah, they, they got Chris Paul. They and got Al Horford, Horford. and Paul yeah, but George. They gave Al Horford away. Stop but, playing him. But again, and Chris Paul was a done deal. Of you come play with us one year, we will put you in the right situation. But again, Paul George chose to resign there. I'm just saying that they, they've because done Russ some, was there. It wasn't. They've still he, done some good things. You think he's re-signing if he gets traded there with no Westbrook and there's just a bunch of scrubs? You think he's re-signing a four-year deal I, I, there? Because I don't. If it's a bunch of scrubs, no. But I think if it's a, a solid player, uh, because I don't know if Russ is really the draw there. Because mm. That's his boy, though. They're L.A. guys. Yeah, well, not all the guys get along. I think they do, though. James Harden's the L.A. A, guy. I'm telling you right now. They well, yeah, that's, a different, that's, that's a different cat. Like, he, <laughs> that's, like, you know. like if we're talking DeMar, DeMar is well-loved. Sure. Paul George, Absolutely. mostly well loved. Yeah, but uh, Russ. Hey, say what you want, Russ. Did how how many people knew Russ was really good friends with Braun, to the point where Braun was like, "Oh, buddy, healed. Who, Fuck off." To to where he, Braun went and, and told Demar to not come. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. I mean, but you know what I mean. That's my point. Is like I think friendships are huge there. Anyways, my original point was Sacramento, like Oklahoma City. You can explain it. I don't agree with it, but that's fine. I, I see it. Sacramento, I have no idea what you're doing. You've already given up. You already gave yeah. up on Therese Halliburton. It sounds like you might be willing to trade Fox. Like, pick a lane what? and stick with it. Yeah, and then you trade Sabas. You're like, you're going for the young guy. I don't get what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, if, if, if you were going to trade somebody, the deadline last year was Fox, not Halliburton. And I still don't understand why. They I don't get do that, that one. It's, and Fox didn't have a great year last no, year. No, maybe he that's took a why. step maybe, back. Maybe, maybe his value just wasn't as high as they wanted it to be because his contract, whatever. I loved Fox before last year. And like, I, I still think he's a good player, but like, he's not quite what I, I thought he was going to elevate. And I thought he kind of took like a, a sliver step back. Yeah. I, I, th- I think I can agree with that pretty easily. Um, the other big bit of news that is Blazers related is uh, John Canzano reporting on the potential sale of the trailblazers uh, moving up and kind of what that, that whole timeline looks like. Uh, did you get a chance to read the article? Yeah, just no. Okay, that's fine. Nope. Um, the the new stuff that's coming out of there is a little bit more concrete about as far as what the situation looks like, what Burt Cole may be perhaps looking for in a deal. Uh, thoughts around the NBA are right now that the same auction house that is working on the Broncos, who are expected to possibly fetch up to $5 billion. Oh, yeah. That's an is, NFL team, yeah. Holy crap. It's worth it. Here's the flip side. Those, you make a billion dollars a year. Like, it's worth I, mean, it. I mean, it is a money printing machine. Like, yes. That's, that's the, what NFL the NFL is king. Is. Yeah. Um, the other side of this is that the Blazers, or at least Burke Colder, this is the report, is expecting the Blazers to be sold at around $3 billion. Which would be massive, considered they're valued around two. I mean, but the Clippers were valued at one five, or no, the Clippers were around billion, and and what's his face? Balmer came in and doubled it. Like, but that also, that was the moment that I I don't I I mean I don't know about you I haven't don't trust valuations 
Hell no. But Hell the difference no. being, even if you are competing with the Lakers, you're still in L.A. That's a that's a massive market. Uh, it's yeah, you know, there's a I, I push back on that a little bit. I, I personally like for a guy because I remember the Chris Hansen deal with Seattle, Sacramento. Mm-hmm. He was prominently backing Hansen. And if my memory serves like that, dude wanted to be the Seattle Sonics owner for years. They refused to do the upgrades on Key Arena. They lose the team. I found it peculiar. He didn't. Re, you know, relocate them. Like that was a pretty big thing reportedly for him mm-hmm. was having the Sonics. There was clearly an easy way to relocate because you don't need two LA teams. And I say what you want. I know it's LA, bro. They don't rate. I've seen their TV ratings. They don't rate. People do not watch the Clippers games. But what you tickets. do get is is sponsorship dollars, even as the second tier team in Los Angeles. That's significantly more than Portland. It's not significantly more in Seattle. If no, you were the lone no, dog in Seattle. Absolutely not. But but again, that's what made no sense to me, and that's why I don't trust valuations. I see them and I'm like, that is more than that. I mean, let's take a look at, at the sponsors for the Trailblazers the last couple of years and what names are on the building and what names have been on the jerseys. Yes, just Cri- th- crypto and and Moda <laughs> and and arthritis spray. <laughs> Hey man, the olds hike a lot out here. Okay, we got to prominently I'm support just, our community. I'm just gonna, you know, like, I, well, is it the? Have you have you used Biofreeze? I, I oh, shit I, is a game changer. I had I had a bottle on the desk. It's a game. As a runner, it is a game changer. I don't know about you, Brandon, but uh, me, not running a whole lot lately. Well, I mean, your we just, body's. Should we just throw it up there? Just a little. No, whole come lot on, of don't. Uh, dude, nobody needs to see that. <laughs> you are way too pacey to be lifting that leg. Yeah, that, that I just realized that that light hit oh, that leg, God. man. And that is like, oh. oh, it was like the holy Bro. grail, like the wrong holy grail. I remember, it got it, melted. You know, that's I thought I thought powder color. was coming up from the table. He's uh, like, I'm alive. <laughs> it's like, oh no, powder, you're back. Shout, shout out the '90s and powder. Um, seen a lot of uh, a lot of trade talk in here about trading with the Rockets. I, the Blazers are never going to make that trade with the Rockets. Christian Wood has got a lot of issues, and as me as much as I love a uh, USC's own Kevin Porter Jr. Um, yeah, I, I think they mean draft pick. Who? The Blazers want to get to three. Oh yeah, no. If the, the Blazers are, are drafting somebody, I very strongly believe it's because they're moving up, not not moving back and taking. Right, some... and I think people are saying they should trade with the Rockets for that pick, trade seven. No, and no, no. Else. They're talking. No, they're talking about taking Christian Wood and uh, oh. for and seventeen for the Blazers. Uh, yeah, yeah, seven. Okay. And I'm like, no. Listen, I'm not huge. I'm not three? huge on Wood. I'm not huge on Wood. No, Wood has a lot of problems. He does, and so does Kevin Porter Jr. That's just they aren't good enough to justify those problems. I'll just it, say. I that. mean. That's a you're get you are giving up a decent. I like the seven pick again. I'm I know I'm alone on this island, but I, I like seven picks. So. I do too. Slater Smith says this going back to the Aiton thing. I want to make sure I talk to this. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I know Aiton's better than we do the New York Aiton deal, but we just needed that long and athletic three four for so long. Aiton really Aiton weirdly feels like settling. Am I crazy? I'm not going to call you crazy, but I'm going to call you crazy because they're not settling. If I don't a, view I don't view that as a settle at all. No, it's the best player available. It's the same. It's an upgrade. Yeah, and this is the thing is that the Blazers are not in a position to say no to upgrades. Well, like, that's what I'm saying is we can't be beggars can't be choosers, man. We can't be sitting here with like one of the worst records in the NBA and then and then be like, hey, uh, like you know, somebody. Uh, I don't know if I uh, want Chad, this guy. Chad Doing brought this up the other day when I was doing his show. He's like, listen, man, if the Mavs, that's not to say this is going to happen, but the Mavs said, hey, Luca for Dame, you, you entertain that offer every time. It's just. Like if it's an upgrade, it's an upgrade. Like, I love Dame, but when you're talking about winning an NBA title, you take your upgrades at any opportunity that you can get them. Yeah. Like, it's just 
it's just it's it's a it's a weird spot. Um, there's another question here: Would the Broncos be going for five billion without Russell Wilson? The, the Broncos would go for five billion with me at quarterback. Like it's just that's just the NFL now. It, it's just. I mean, is there is there anybody or is there is there a team out there that like, even the Jaguars are going to go for a truckload of money? Mm. I mean, is is there a team, Brandon? That's not that's not going for like four billion dollars in the NFL. Yeah, hell no. So I mean, like, I mean, it doesn't matter what I, that roster is. I think the lowest number you get in the NFL is three point five, but like, I don't know what team that is. The Jaguars, you know, <laughs> you know, Jacksonville's market wise is not great, but. Again, you're getting a billion every year. That is a billionaire's club. Like, you are always making money. Jacksonville has probably one of the smallest fan bases in pro sports. Mm-hmm. And half their season feels like they're played in London because of how much money they make when they play. Yeah, the he loves going to London because of how much money they make because they pack. They sell out Wembley. I mean, he's, he, I feel, does it not feel like, and maybe I'm wrong on this, it feels like they play two a year there. And I'm it, just no, like. It does. You're punting on eight home games in Florida so you can be in London and be like, hey. Come watch this version of football. But yeah, that's that's the, that's the money side of things. It's, it's just kind of interesting to see where all of that falls. Uh, for those that are just getting here uh, late, uh, please like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. If you're watching live, watch the replay. Either wise, click subscribe. It's free. It's easy. It helps us grow. It's a very very simple mechanism. Everybody's talking about um, the idea of Christian Wood and how Damon make him better. Christian Wood doesn't solve any of your problems. Not a one. He's a guy who needs the ball a lot. He's not a great shooter. He's a decent three-point shooter. Uh, he's not a great creator. He's undersized. He's too slow to play the floor, to four, and too small to play the five full time. Um, while Wood is a nice player, he's also going to be an unrestricted free agent soon. Like there's, there's just got to got to get over the idea of what Christian Wood is. That's just well, I think I think the thing. Let me just defend it a little bit because I'm I'm not big on it either. And I, I think somebody tweeted at us, and I responded like, eh, "I'm not really big on Christian Wood. I'd, I'd much rather just have the seventh pick." Um, I think we're at a point too with the team where when we throw these ideas out, I think the appeal of it is just hitting on that potential, right? I think it's bringing a player that we know is talented, even though I know you disagree. But I'm just saying, like, there are people out there that think a Christian Wood. Maybe KPJ, some players in that realm generally, they feel like they can hit on him and say, "Hey, like maybe he gets better mm. from where he's at." Again, I'm not telling you to agree with it. I'm no, just I'm, just, I'm just like, I'm just trying to see it like even through I that. Think lens, Blazer fans just like, telling themselves this is maybe as good as it's going to get. Like, is it going to get better than that? We don't know. Yeah, no, just like I, I can't even see it in that in that vein. It's just they kind of are what they are. I don't think like even. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., maybe you can sell me on that a little bit more just because he's a little bit younger. But, you know, you got one guy who's been kicked off of teams, the other guy that's been walked away from his own team a couple times and a couple different versions of the team. It's it's difficult to kind of put together. I want to kind of frame this up as far as the changes, though, and we've got to wrap up here a little bit. Quick had this tweet out yesterday. Uh, two personnel moves inside the Blazers this week. Dismissed our assistant general manager Bill Branch and Amanda Mann, the senior vice president and GM of Rose Quarter Operations. Followed up with uh, Branch came to Portland in 2010 alongside then GM Rich Cho. Blazers GM Joe Cronin did not respond to a text asking whether Branch's spot will be filled. Hint, it has been. Cronin hired Andre Patterson as assistant GM in January, shortly after another assistant GM, Steve Rosenberry, was let go. So, Branch, Rosenberry, out. Schmitz, and Patterson in. Mm-hmm. It's good to see the Blazers didn't cheap out on just like, ah, Joe could figure this out on his own. 
Because I thought that might happen. Well, I mean, I think they're allowing him to run it, you know, like a normal general manager would. I know it's an uneasy situation. Mm -hmm. We don't know who or when the next owner is going to necessarily take shape. But whoever that is, like, I'm at least glad that Jody, I'd rather her at, at this point, knowing she's going to sell it, like, just keep staying the hell away. Like, mm -hmm. let Joe, give Joe that kind of neo Give him the money and just let him and, do stuff. Yeah, let him do what he does, and he'll work his ass off to get you back in the playoffs. She'll make you playoff money next year. You sell the team in about a year from there, and, you know, you move on from it. But, like, at this point, I we've – We've really talked about the ownership thing, I think, a lot in terms of it not being present, not being a great thing. I think we're kind of at the tail end of this anyway, so just keep staying away. Um, the other part of this is, since December, the Blazers have fired the Director of Player and Health and Performance, the VP of Communications, their Basketball Operations Coordinator, uh, Video Coordinator, two Assistant GMs, and a Senior Vice President. That is a lot of turnover, especially when you bring in a new head coach as well. Yeah. In less than a year, they have turned the organization over. They have also sent out CJ McCollum and Larry Nance Jr. and Noam Powell and Robert Covington. It has been a massive overhaul. I'd argue there isn't a team in the league that has gone through a bigger overhaul than the Portland Trailblazers in the last seven to eight months. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's particularly close. But interesting thing about this is this, there's a move in there that, that is, for you guys in general, you don't care about. If you work on the media side of things, this matters to you. They hired a new I, – I want to get Rashawn's actual title, but I don't think I have it. Let me check the Slack. Uh, there we go. They, the official title that they gave Rashawn Gethers. Which means Rashawn. I want to get his name right. He's I, I, the new JT, right? Yes, he's the new JT. Okay. That's uh, what I thought when I he, saw it. He's being brought in as the vice president of basketball communications. I, I heard from folks with the Kings a couple of months ago this was done, but the Blazers just made it official. But he's a superstar, and he's the guy who interacts with – media and takes media requests and how you go about those things kind of this is maybe not fair but um you know i forget, forget the fair part but neil olshay ran the this this side of the business like an iron with an iron fist he uh, i'll put it bluntly was an asshole about it um he limited access to people he picked and choose he limited who his flow of access went to and he made it miserable for anybody who wasn't in that inner circle flat out I can't, I can't speak to all that. All I can say is as a radio host in Portland, like I was watching Daryl Morey do weekly hits in Houston <laughs> and Philly, and I still am. And I'm not telling you to do a weekly, but like it would be nice if the pro sports team, I don't know, gave a damn to do anything outside of their own website stuff. And uh, shout out Casey for for doing websites. No, I didn't mean I didn't mean <laughs> that to sound. I know. Like, oh. I just that's what I'm saying. You know what I give, mean though, yeah, like give, the give interviews and like. There just is none of that for a lot of the other media out here. I know the press conferences are there, but, you know, one-on-one -on -one just coming on and shooting the breeze. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have that once in a while with some of the people running the organization. Um, and from what I've heard from, from folks in Sacramento, uh, Rasan is, is an absolute all-star. Just fantastic. Uh, I've had the privilege of working with a, a bunch of, of highly rated PR folks, particularly Raymond Ritter with the, with the Warriors who – Again, people sing his praises because he's just a good dude. And I think the Blazers, we talked about this all through October, November, December, Brandon. The vibe sucked. Yeah. They I thought Sean, sucked. Sean Eichen, yes. I think, nailed this. 
Uh, let's, let me grab Sean's tweet real quick because I thought, again, like you just said, I thought he nailed this. Because where the Blazers were and where they are is significant turnaround. Sean said this earlier. Uh, the vibes turnaround all parts of Blazers organization since roughly early December has been astronomical. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the previous GM, I want to add the rest of this. Previous GM would have never made a hire like this. We're talking about Schmitz, uh, because he couldn't deal with anyone in the organization who could challenge his authority or knowledge on anything. Which well, those are all things that track. But the Blazers make a move in hiring Mike Schmitz, where Brandon, what, well liked, well respected. Yep. Nobody has a bad thing to say about. They hire Rasan Gathers, well liked, well respected. All you hear is people talking about how good he is. Even with the Andre Patterson move, while it was under the radar, there was a lot of people who were like, "No, that's a good move. Patterson's an up and coming guy. It's a guy that's really liked, really, really well liked, well respected." The Blazers were an were an operation that ran in their own bubble. If there's one thing that is so far has become pretty apparent under Joe Cronin, it is the style of basketball he wants to play and the kind of people he wants to hire. Would you say just, those that those two track? Yeah, hundred percent. I also just it just genuinely feels like a, a different situation in, in, in overall. I mean, the fact that they're even in these rumors, mm-hmm. I think, is drastically a different feel than what we've seen. You know what I mean? Like it was one thing to get a Woj tweet every once in a while randomly, and I know today with Schmitz it kind of feels that way. But the fact that they're in these articles, the fact that we're hearing noise, uh, they're mentioned on TV, like. I think the fact that that happens, it's great. I think it's an organization that's like, look, we're going to play the public game. It's public negotiations can work for some teams. Uh, it's not a guaranteed uh, way to turn things around, but I just like that they're doing everything drastically different than what they were. It became stale. It became repetitive. And I think there's nothing better than shaking it up entirely. And that means, you know, behind the scenes in the front office, working with local media, on the training um, table. On the training. Like, everything they've done, it, it feels like a, a new day. And and now they need to do the, the talent acquisition part, and we'll see where that goes. But, you know, I'm at least encouraged. I, I do like that they're shaking things up and yeah. taking ballsy swings like hiring Mike Schmitz. It's awesome. And that's the thing is, like, could this be one of those things where this is too big of a gig? Big, uh, too big of a gig. Good Lord. For Mike. Sure. I'm willing to admit that. I can concede that. That's not a problem. But I also think that it's just as likely that he he could be very successful. He's, again, 32 years old, and he's been doing this, you know, almost half of his life already. Um, And so far, he's been wildly successful in everything he's done, from Draft Express to ESPN and to now. Like, there's a reason why so many people are excited for him. And I think that that's, that's a promising note. I just hope that, you know, his head's square and none of this stuff gets to his head. Uh, and I think he can be an, an incredible uh, reason. I, again, I, I have no reason to think it would either otherwise, but the cynic in me is always going to find something. Um, but but wouldn't, wouldn't his head have gotten big from the Draft Express website going to ESPN, to ESPN National? Like, You're right. That's fair. I, I, I tell you right now, in this business, there's a lot of dudes whose heads explode if that kind of transition Brand, happens. Brandon Sprague on ESPN mornings? No, I, I wouldn't, my head wouldn't explode. No? be a great opportunity, but w- I wouldn't. Wouldn't get like, a little bigger? For what? No. For what? For that bag? Because I gave a hot take. <laughs> for that bag? I'd be happy to make the money, but Listen, I, I know, I know like, what that oh. ESPN radio bag is. I've seen those numbers. I, I want I want that bag. <laughs> that, bag. <laughs> that bag would be nice. It's not bad. I'll say that. Um, but again, the, maybe, I'm, maybe I am being optimistic. Maybe I am looking at things here and going, you know what? Maybe you for sure are, but I don't know how you view, How do you find the 
the pessimistic viewpoint of today's news. Not even just that, but like the way the organization is trending. Maybe it was because they were so far down in the dumps, the hole was so deep that even if they're not out of the hole, the fact that they've climbed out of, you know, from 10 feet down to six feet down, it just feels like it. Like that hole, you're, you're, you can see the light. It's not quite as dark down there. Yeah. Maybe that's it. I don't know, man. I just. Well, the I bigger just, stuff is coming. I think this is a good move. We'll see yeah. if it's a great move. But that's time will tell on that. Now it's, it's I'll say the this, talent part. You want, the, you want the cynical part of this. If, if this is the best move they have all summer, then you're in trouble. Oh, we'll had, tell you that. Had to find, had to find one angle there. Had there to you find go. One angle there. Downer Danny. Uh, there you go. And I, I'll, I'll end, I should end every show with this until the NBA draft. The Blazers are not trading the seventh pick for Jeremy Grant. Every time I see it in the comments, it makes my eye twitch. Hollinger put it in the article, though. Yeah, yeah, he put it in the article and then was like, mm, I don't think they'll do that. <laughs> Both him and Zach Lowe. I love that. I was like, huh, this thing that's been reported that, that the Detroit Pistons really want to have happen, is, <laughs> that's great. It's not going to happen. That's, yeah. That was the framing about it that I loved. Um, but again, uh, thank you all for being here. We appreciate you. We love you. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. Uh, again, now that we know where things stand, uh, the likelihood of the pick probably being traded, uh, we are not – I am not going to Summer League, <laughs> number one. Number two, we are not going to do an on-location draft party. What we will do is have a uh, – A live watch draft, party. A, a live watch party where everybody yeah. can come in and do it, and it will be open to everybody. Um, just because the logistically – if they had landed top four – you're damn right. We'd have, been, we'd have been in the house and gone crazy. But um, this is just kind of uh, the, the the easy compromise to make this all kind of work. Uh, I will start putting out the uh, the uh, trade prospect videos, kind of breaking down DeAndre Ayton, break down John Collins, why it works, why it doesn't, the basketball side of things, the money side of things, just kind of frame things up as we get closer to the NBA draft, and we'll probably see a bunch of trades leading into that week or even draft night. Um, so look for those over the next couple of weeks. Uh, until then, we will keep the two shows a week, two live shows a week. We'll probably do a mailbag on Sunday. You, you good for a Sunday mailbag? Dicey? We'll, we'll text. We'll text. We'll, figure it out. <laughs> we'll get listen, a little schedule. Listen, man, I, I got the next five days off so we can make it work. So, uh you can find us on social media at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague, at Jacked Ramsey's. Uh, email the show, jackedramsey's at gmail.com. Uh, either way, you can get your questions in uh, on social media or, or email them to us for the mailbag, and we'll go ahead and get them into the mailbag show. Uh, thank you all for being here. We appreciate you. Uh, I know it's a, it's a wonderful Thursday, Midwestern stormy night if you're here in Oregon and if you're everywhere else. We appreciate you for being here.